Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Hello, my little sexual healers. I'm so sorry, but we don't have a full episode for you today. What we do have, though, is this mini-up that Christina and I recorded after Daniel Van Kirk's episode. If you need any reference, frame of reference for anything that we're talking about here, specifically the beauty tips, you're going to want to listen to Daniel Van Kirk's episode, Rum Chata. Um, Y'all, your calls are very important to making this show. 323-450-7408. You can always email us a voice note or a letter to askpleaseadvise at gmail.com. We can't do this show without you, man. We're not saying we're like super hard up, but we're kind of hard up. In fact, we're doing an iTunes giveaway for the absolute best call that we get in the very near future. If you leave a message on the phone line or a voice note, definitely leave the password Franklin so we know that you are submitting this as your craziest best problem to win a $15 iTunes card. No trolling. We're not dumbos. You guys, we're going to have such good shows in the fall. I mean, winter, new year, whatever. Daniel Van Kirk's coming back. We have Jenna Kim Jones coming on. We have my friend Katie Sloan, who is a special needs teacher, who's going to like, you know, tell me why I need to stop saying the R word. I know. I know. We have uh, some people. I'm trying to uh, arrange a little Lala Kent from Vanderpump Rules situation. Oh, Julie Bush, who I'm really obsessed with. Y'all got to read Julie Bush's article. Uh, Well, she wrote it on her blog. It's like what you're really saying to a powerful, successful woman when you contact her, it's like, we're going to tweet it if we haven't tweeted it from Please Advise already. We'll just tweet it again when we air this. I'm just talking to myself, you guys. I've had a really long two weeks. I love America, and I love you. Bye. All right, so now we know the contour struggle is real, but it doesn't have to be. We know that sparkly pink, great color for lips. Also red, flirty, fun, fab. We know that liquid liquid eyeliner eludes almost everybody, but if you keep practicing, you'll figure it out. These are things we knew. Something you didn't know was that Christina and I are about to become makeup artists, professional makeup artists, and we'll do your prom. We will do your prom for $60 a head. Christina and I will come down, do your group of girlfriends. What is it? Malibu High School prom's coming up? I don't know if we can do Malibu. Maybe like Monrovia I'll tell you, Malibu had the hangover was their prom theme two years ago for Malibu High School. I didn't Mal- have a theme for my prom. Malibu High School's prom. I want you to think about this. All right. I got to let it marinate in my brain. theme was the hangover. I don't know about you. But when I went to prom, they put a wrecked car covered in toilet paper, alcohol, all sorts of things on the lawn of our school and said, this is what happens if you drink on prom night. But out in Malibu, where there's twisty turns, I don't even like to drive there sober, to be frank. 
They're calling their high school prom the hangover. Now, granted, all of them are a bunch of like, I mean, Bella Hadid excluded. I think a bunch of these teenagers out in Malibu can get the limo that they want, need, and deserve at any given time, plus Uber. I mean, in a time for Uber, do you even know the money I paid for a long? You probably have, li- like, private drivers or whatever. I know, even seriously. Yeah. Like, all- They're like, ooh, Uber's for poor people. No, it's like their dad's new wife that, like, also has been shut out of the family already because he's fucking some new girl, but, like, she still lives in the house, so she has to, like, drive the kids everywhere, but, like, she's not a real person. That's who's driving them to prom. But Christina and I will come out and do your makeup, you guys. Yeah. For $60 a head. You can also fly us to your birthday. I want to put that out there. I want to be flown to your birthday. I won't even do your makeup, but what I will do is be a connoisseur of the open bar and speak to almost anybody and be a fun, friendly party guest. I bring the extrovert, as you've heard in my conversations with both Christina and Dan today. Daniel. That's his name, Daniel. We've, uh, we just, we're, we're around and we want to service you. <laughs> that sounds wrong. <laughs> uh, well, you We're know. not in that prison moment yet. We're not at the prison moment yet, but we will service you makeup wise. Christina and I are full. I'm, t- I'm, I, I don't care if Christina doesn't go. Christina might bail on me. She has a real job. I actually am going to fucking makeup school. So if you can get your head behind this. I'm I kind of desperate. Desperate to learn how to like make my face look nice. Well, first of all, you actually do. I will say, and just not to Christina and I sometimes have these moments on the pod. B is recording now, by the way. The HPN I see has been I see for the last couple minutes. She's recording this portion of the pod. Yeah, it's weird not to like be in the driver's seat. I know, I know. I'm like, what are what? Okay, no, but. Uh, you do, Christina, when you, especially because you have, Christina's naturally curly hair that's very pretty. She's a very sedated, pretty curl, whereas opposed to me, I'm like carrot top. Like she's just like, she, Christina, when she pulls herself together, you know how to do it very well. Oh, thanks. I always and feel like I never do enough on the makeup front. As you and Diana, oh, uh, yeah. me and Diana say, Chrissy put some lipstick on. Yeah. What about some lipstick and some earrings? <laughs> yeah, no, I um, You never know who you're going to meet. My mom has really, my mom's really good about putting on her makeup and I could never learn from her because we have very different uh, complexions. Right. She's very like, she's olive skin and I'm a little bit more caramel colored. Yes. Um. So yeah, I never- you're caramely complected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that song was about me, Molly. Girl, you, know? you are. Yeah. Um, five, seven and everything. Um, uh, so yeah. Uh, so I never learned growing up just because I could never use her makeup because it made me look like a ghost. Right. So <laughs> you can't use her makeup. I do remember the day that Shauna took me to CVS after I, I had been expressing interest in makeup for quite some time. And I said, mom, like you know, just the way that like I had to kind of break the ice with the bra thing where I was like, everyone in gym class has bras, but I don't, uh, I had to say all the girls at school wear makeup, but I don't like, can I have some makeup? And my mom took me to CVS in Lexington, Massachusetts, right in the center. And she let me get a powder and a lipstick and an eyeliner and a clear mascara. Oh, wow. And I (laughs) – that was like – and of course, like, I don't know. She kind of like taught me to be very light about it. She didn't really tell me how to use it. But I remember that actually being a very bonding moment for my mom and I in which she like bought me makeup for the first time. But my mom is like, as I say, I said on the call, like my mom is like – has always been – the hot one in the family. Like Shauna's like the hottie in the family. And like, I remember the guy that I had a crush on junior year 
he was so fucking like cute and he was in my French class because he was stupid. And because I was two years younger than him, he shouldn't have been in my French. But he was in my French class and he said to me in class one day, damn, Molly, who was that girl you were walking with yesterday? And I said it was my mother. And then she (laughs) goes, well, does he goes, well, does your mom tutor French? Okay, so when you grow up with that sort of thing happening to you from time to time, or people just like constantly being like, you know, you know how it is when people. My mom and I got the sisters thing for a while. Oh, do you know Dennis Rodman tried to get my mother and I in a menagerie at the Standard Hotel downtown? Dennis Rodman tried to get my mother and I in the menage at the Standard downtown. My mom, I have never because it was her first time in LA visiting me outside of like her panicking the first time she dropped me off here and she came out and we had a night at the standard we drank drinks we had fun you know ed was smooching the manager so he got a (laughs) discount and um we get it as he does no but he doesn't but he doesn't but it was like kind of it was actually kind of remarkable because it's the only time i've ever seen him do something so i'm like ed for hummus really um (laughs) For for hummus and three vodka sodas. Um, but so we get in the elevator and I hear my mother do something I've never heard her do. We get in the elevator. We see what is an undoubtedly a Dennis Rodman. Undoubtedly a Dennis. Like you see him and he's someone that you're like, oh, that's Dennis Rodman. Mother goes, oh, hello. Oh, hello. I've been, the, oh, that is the weirdest thing. <laughs> The weird she turned thing. British for two seconds. It was oh, like hello, oh, hello, and I was like, it was just, I was like, because because I know what it was is that my mother was faced with a seven foot man with a bleach blonde fro who had nose rings, tattoos, like some sort of t shirt on, who was surrounded by a bunch of like younger white guys that all kind of look like Kurt Cobain. Like they all kind of look like Kurt Cobain. And he was like, so what are you doing tonight? And we're like, just going home. And he was like, so you like use two sisters. And my, we were like, no, we're mother. daughter." He's like, Oh, mother daughter. Right. So he's like into it. (laughs) You think he's probably had it before? Like, Oh, for sure. You know that they're cause actually Morgan Murphy told me she saw a mother daughter strip team. So we go outside. We're at the valet. My mother has, oh, helloed. And I'm like now downstairs by the valet making fun of my mom going, what was that hello? Like literally, because like that's what you experience when you first move here. We said that in the episode with Amy Kaufman. Like you just kind of are a dork all the time because you cannot believe what's happening around you at any given point. But then one of the Kurt Cobain looking guys came over to my mom and I and was like, so where are you guys going tonight? So like you want to, and I was like, oh, so this is continued. So Dennis has dispatched one of his little like stupid friends to come over and like collect my mother and I for what would undoubtedly be a menagerie at some, hopefully the polo lounge, oh like the Beverly Hills Hotel. We go for drinks in the polo lounge, and then he treats us to a uh, a double bang. Oh my god! <laughs> in the business, but I forgot about that moment. I was twenty four. That was a wild time. You guys pre order my book, The Alcoholic Bitch Who Ruined Your Life. If I haven't convinced you yet that I have some interesting stories to tell, well, there you go. I've actually been admiring the organic ways you've been plugging this book. 
Thank in the you. past couple Well, because podcasts. it just ties in. Yeah. Like it ties in with my advice, which is just that like, oh, you're oh, you don't have to pre-order it. You can buy it now. By the time it's there, you're just you're just fucking pressing and reading. Yeah, you should have bought, yeah, bought it. And like, by the way, I know how many of you guys are listening to this shit. And unless that's all Tina the Diva listening 5,000 times, <laughs> I need to be pushing more units. I'm not saying my book sales are bad. In fact, I would say that they are pretty great for an ebook. I know a lot of books that are in print that are doing worse than mine. But I will say <laughs> that I think that more of you should have purchased this at $6. I know you guys are out there getting drunk, paying for tokens on tarot.com buying tokens for sex cam people, as I've heard from some of our <laughs> listeners. Tokens for sex cam tips. You tip for a little dick that you just seen on the internet and it's a little show. Hopefully it's not little if you're paying for it. I know, right? Or maybe they're into that. Oh, like yeah. Dennis Rodman has his fetish for a little Irish-American mother-daughter porn. <laughs> that sounds so unappealing. <laughs> As I say it, I'm like, can I think of a less appealing combination <laughs> of Irish American mother daughter porn? I know, I like literally a disaster. Like I like we're both like also like crying, shaming ourselves, and drinking heavily from the mini bar while <laughs> fighting over what a disaster this is. <laughs> and also, I've seen my mom naked. <laughs> But I don't want to do that again. Like, I was a child when I saw my mother naked. And by the way, I will say in my adult It'll years. It'll probably happen in your later adult years. I, I, Well, I saw her naked last time I went home. I don't think she's ashamed. But like, I Oh, will, yeah. No, I was talking about this with someone. Like, at some point in your life, I think it's like in your 50s, you just like stop giving fucks and you don't care who sees what. The, the, the titties be out. Yeah. You're like, the titties be out. But yeah. here's the thing. My mother, unless she has, and I will even say- I feel that there might be a perverse drive in her to ensure that like, I don't know, like what my parts are intact. I don't know. But like occasionally from time to time, like she'll burst in the room when she knows I'm taking a bath. Oh my God, my mom does that. And I'm like, ah, because I'm like, I don't want you to like, what are you, I don't want you to see my vag sitch. Like I don't want you to see my boobs. Like they're fine. It's all fine. And my mom will say something like, oh, what? I have that. I'm like, no, you don't. And also, no, this is 28. This is me. And also, <laughs> this is me. And you're my mom. And like, I love you. And I want to watch Real Housewives with you. And I don't want you to see my vagina like the laser hair removal lady. That like, it's like, I don't, she is not my friend. You are my friend, mom. And you're also my mom. But I don't, but like, we have not been in a stage where it has been necessary for you to view my vagina for at least 24 years now. Like, Maybe up to eight, nine, ten. Like maybe I get really sick. Like re- you're really sick and you're vomiting, and maybe have something, and your mom has to put you in a cold tub. Maybe, but I will just speak as a person who does not like to show my nudeness. There's not a reason for it because I know anyone who wants to see you nude is probably enjoying it. Yeah, you would hope so. But ah. I don't know. Like, I have to make it a. I think my grandmother made it a strong goal to never see her children naked, which has made it my mom's strong goal to be able to have that comfortable relationship with me, which has made it my strong role to let my child know that they 
literally never have to worry about me looking at them naked past the point that they're like, mom, like I'm seven and there's like something on my vagina. Is this okay? Like that's, (laughs) that is like the last time sex talk. Like I want to keep it brief, keep the words scientifically accurate yet effective uh, we're getting well, totally off track here. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think this is like something we should just slam dunk that because this is. I know if you and I have literally both, and Diana and Sean are the same, and this is why we knew. This is why you and I knew because we are the byproducts of those women, like to a T. Yeah, which is so crazy because you and I could not be more different, but our mothers are so similar. I but know, also so different. Yeah. So it's really interesting. That is really interesting, especially because it's like I always assume like, oh, there's like a single mother element to it. But like your dad and mom couldn't be closer. Like they're the cutest couple I've ever seen. They're, not, like, they're really adorable. I love my them. mom's in a great relationship with her husband now. Uh, but when I was growing up, she didn't have that. And so I always assume like, oh, her bursting in on me is like this is what Gilmore Girls is about and why I feel disconnected to it. Like I could never connect to Gilmore Girls because I was just like, even though these people are different but the same, like that's not what it's like. Yeah. And so I thought like maybe that's the Gilmore Girls piece that I'm not getting. But it just turns out that our moms are probably extroverts. Our moms are probably extroverts. No, and that's my our- mom is definitely an extrovert for sure. And like I don't know how I came to be this little introvert Well, person, I think it's but- a byproduct. Yeah. Yeah. Your, is your brother an introvert or extrovert? Um, I think he's he's definitely an extrovert. I guess, yeah. I think he writes. Because he's a, a line. teacher, so I think he, yeah. Your brother definitely writes. Like, yeah. He de- I'm sure he can be introverted at home, but I remember when we were in Brooklyn. Yeah. I was in a really bad mood because of work. Yeah. That's what it was. I had just gotten like an explosive email uh, and I was in a really bad mood. Like it changed my mood, and your brother kept like digging me out of it. Like he kept being like. Don't worry about it. Like, it's just like a work email. And I was like, but you don't understand. Because it's like. Oh, that's so funny because he does the same to me. Yeah, yeah. And he really like. He's good about that. Yeah. Your brother's good. So we'll, we'll get Shauna on. Yeah. And then we got to get Diana on. Because. Yeah. She's more interesting than me for people who like don't see it for me on this podcast. My mother is significantly more interesting than I am. But you and I both rock this attitude where we're <laughs> like, because I have long, I have long known, like someone said to me once, your mom is so pretty and entertaining. I said, duh, she's my fucking secret weapon. <laughs> I was like, anyone who doesn't like me gets yeah. sucked in by Shauna. Yeah. Like, I'm like, if you don't, if you don't care for this one, you're like, at least like, how did this fucking troll come from that wonderful woman? <laughs> That's what I get so, a lot, yeah. Can I share Yes, babe. Why do we have a table of milfs? Can I share a story about my mom? Yes, babe. She's a milf. She's always been yeah. the milf. She's the hot one in my, the my traditional Christmas too. meal. I don't know, but <laughs> for her it is. Thank you for my jeans, mom. But we were at a market. We were sitting waiting for we was it was Christmas time. We were waiting for our tamales to come yeah. out ready. And this boy, yes, this young man who can, who I could be dating, he said he was about 22, he comes up to us, I'm thinking he's going to ask me for my number, he asked my mom for her number, I'm salty over here, just sitting here like, wait, I'm closer to age, and actually I was older but than can him. can I be She's real like, with you? How old you're are you, asking, HBNIC? You're asking me. Who, okay, I have a daughter so you still look illegal like, to I'll me. I'll take your number, thank you, it was so sweet. I'm just sitting here like, 
oh my god, she still has it. Like, but can I be real blessed. with you? How old are you, HBNIC? Twenty five. Okay, so you still look illegal to me. Like yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd, like yeah. fifteen gets you twenty. Just <laughs> looking at you in a good way. Yeah, I can see that. But I know that that's very damaging. It's crazy. It's never happened before. And now that I'm like single and I'm just like, whoa. I've been told I'm incredibly unapproachable. That's what I've been told. Yeah. Some Like somebody told me that I'm intimidating. Exactly. And by the way, that is the trait of an insecure person. Whenever someone's like, you're intimidating, I'm like, me? I'm like, I just have resting bitch face. I'm, I'm not like, intimidating. No, not even resting bitch face. It's like, it's like. It's like this thing that you put on if you feel insecure, like you just know to default to this attitude in order to like walk through your neighborhood to get home or to like like get through the night at the bar like with all these people that you don't know. Like you just put on this persona and I have been told so many times by guys in my like mid to late 20s, I would have asked you out, but you just seemed like you didn't want to talk to anyone. And I go out and I'm much less defensive. So, no, it's not that, like, people, like, hit on me. I just feel like I I am the least approachable when I am the most available because I'm trying so hard to, like, just be strong. Yeah. Well, I think I just had my Oprah aha moment. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, Christina, you got to fucking, are you going to go home? Are you going to widen that Tinder net tonight? You're going to go to 30 miles even maybe, a little bit of a 30 mile. It's set at like 10 right now. <laughs> yeah, no, please. Trust me, when I when I had to sign up for Match.com that one time that I had no humility and I joined for a week, sorry, no offense to everyone who does that, but like I couldn't, like, I was afraid that people would be like, oh, that young girl who used to do videos for Defamer is now an old, like, lady who's afraid to have a photo of herself on match.com like I have really went on a mental journey with that that has a lot to do with my ego but I was down to like five miles like I was like I don't even actually if I could do a one mile that'd be ideal <laughs> yeah that's you my grinder probably, is could, great you could probably get away with a one mile situation in New York City but in LA it has to be at least five to ten yeah but you know what 10 miles is Koreatown to Santa Monica. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like. And would you ever? Would you ever? Like you have to be like literally one time I thought a man was in love with me because he drove from Echo Park to Venice Beach to meet me. And I was like, well, obviously that means he's in love with me (laughs) because like why would and he didn't even like me as a person, I think. But it, it was like I was like only a person who's in love with another person would drive from Echo Park to Venice Beach to hang out. <laughs> I love driving, so it wouldn't bother me. No, you would. Yeah, yeah. you you like to do the whole. Yeah, I'd just sing a couple musicals and I'd be fine. Yeah. What do you sing in the car? Which musicals? You know. Um, What's our favorite? Oh, man. Definitely West Side Story. I well, do an America in the car. Our favorite. Which one is our favorite? I'm not sure. In the Heights. Oh, girl. In the Heights. Come yes. on. Yes. Yes. Christina yes, yes. and I went to see In the Heights together, fucking bawled our eyes out. But like, I. Had, we were crying by the second song. No. Oh, my God. I'm, I was. I was crying okay, by the second okay. song. Okay. I'm glad I wasn't alone in that because no. I was the one who cried in the gap after we saw the Muppet movie. <laughs> and so I like know that I'm the sensitive bitch in the relationship. Yeah. I'm glad you cried too. Like, that no, was No, like, we were cathartic. both like crying. Like, there's, I, I cried at several songs on In the Heights and I'm dying to see his new show at Hamilton. 
Um, hopefully, if I go to New York City later this year. Lin-Manuel's so. a genius. And shout out to Tommy Kale. He did two yeah. episodes of Two Broke Girl. I think maybe three episodes of Two Broke Girls. Yeah. He, uh, and he was the original director for In the Heights. But um, that soundtrack like has saved me so many times just because I get homesick a lot. And, you know, there's not a lot of other Puerto Ricans here in L.A. So... You know, when I need that familiarity, I revisit yeah. that soundtrack a lot because they make a lot of reference to that, like the culture and like being in New York and growing up and like being like that person who made it and out. I'm actually getting chills literally thinking about it. Like I'm getting chills thinking about it yeah. because it's so like when you're there, I'm I have no exposure to musical theater. So I always say like I, I, I do like I saw the Nutcracker performed by the Boston Ballet probably every year of my life, which is one of like the finest productions of the Nutcracker in history all the time, but well, sort of, but I have not a lot of exposure to the theater. So I can pair every time I go to the theater, I'm like, think about a person who has seen six movies in their life. Oh, okay. Every musical I see is going to be kind of amazing to me just because I haven't seen that many. Oh, see, like I'm super picky when it comes to musicals. Cause a, I grew up in New York, so I've seen all like I've seen a lot of original Broadway shows. I saw Wicked with Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth. Girl, yeah. Wait, what did we see together? That was ceremony. No, no, not ceremony. Uh, seminar. Yes, seminar. Yes, was okay. Christina, no, that was dope. <laughs> <laughs> we saw seminar together. That was kind of a magical night. It was everything to me <laughs> because I love the theater. Um, when I was in high school, I was in this uh, theater development program where I saw six original Broadway shows with the producers of the show. So the theater has been really important to me in my life in general. So I, every time I go back to New York, I see a show, whether it's with my family or with someone I'm going with. And Molly was like, I can get tickets to seminar and you can take I the bought story them from here. through my agency and they were so expensive. They were so expensive because it's Alan Rickman's like second show. Oh, to last I didn't know show. you had like, you bought them. I thought you, got oh no, them. when you buy tickets, like people don't understand this. Like people, I mean, some people get like obviously like big stars that mean things get free tickets to like Lakers games and concerts and stuff like that. But like, your agency most likely holds aside like a certain number of tickets because someone involved in the production, whether the talent, whatever, is represented by your agency. Okay. So they held aside a certain amount of seminar tickets for clients at WME, and I was able to get one too. I was able to get two, but it was like high press because it was like second to last night of Alan Rickman doing the show and to the point where Jeff Goldblum, who took over his role, was in the audience yes. the night that we were and there. And there were orchestra seats. With Lydia Hurst. Yeah. 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 We got good seats. I didn't know you paid for them. I would have... Paid out of pocket, bitch. All right. Yeah. Well, no, I, that I was owe you dream, for the you, rest of my life. Honey, you put me up in a haunted attic for a week. Right? That was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't haunted. I just told you it was because I was fucking with you. Uh, no, it was haunted. <laughs> <laughs> it was haunted. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, no, you. It was your. It. But you were saying you that was a sick night for you. Why? Oh, it was great because well, the show was really good. Um, Teresa Rebecca writes really great plays. Um, she did, but she did a uh, smash, which was the not so great NBC show about theater, which I loved anyway. But whatever, sidetrack. Can't. Um, yeah, so it was Jerry O'Connell in the cast. It was Lily, Lily Rabe, who was in um, American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. Yeah. And, like, I died when I saw her on American Horror Story, like, not six months later. Because I was like, oh, fuck, we 
were with her. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So jumping ahead a little bit, but um, and Alan Rickman, who was, they were all great. Everyone was fantastic. So then Molly texted. I don't okay, know if you want so me to tell this part the of the story. I had no idea that Jerry O'Connell was in the play. And I have known Jerry through my friend Jordan Rubin for several years now. And he's like a quote unquote fan of the mall's brand. Even Rebecca Romaine follows me on Twitter. I didn't know that. Kind of a big deal. I know. I know. It's like she favored something of mine the other day and I like almost passed out because I was like, girl, like I love you. Um, but yeah, so I saw Jerry step out on the stage and I was like, what the fuck? Like I was like, it's yeah, fucking you Jerry's grabbed, on the you, stage. You like grabbed my shoulder. I was like, what's going on? I was on? like, what? I was like, you know, like normally when you see someone that you know – you know they're going to be there. And and when the person's on the stage in front of you and you're like, oh, this has been a part of your life and this you've is been also preparing like a, this for this. This also addresses like malls. Malls can be a little bit oblivious sometimes because Jerry's photo was like in the front by the posters. His name was, <laughs> his, his name was like on the marquee and he was in the playbill, which she probably didn't read. No, by a lot of people's standards, I care about all the wrong things. Like I was like, okay, so I know that we can bring drinks to our seats in a plastic cup, but um, who's in this so I didn't know anything <laughs> I had read like all the actor profiles in the playbill and everything by the time she right 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 happened. so we uh I we I texted Jerry or I DM'd him and then he gave me his number and I texted him and we wound up going down the street to where the cast was drinking every night after the show it was like I mean I don't know that they drank every night but it was like their place where they'd go get drinks of course like Jerry treats us to drinks all night long, like a total pro. We are treated like we are sitting with the cast all night long drinking. It like, was so great. It was so great. You and I got so fucking. Well, I don't know how drunk you got. I didn't I, get very drunk, but you got definitely drunk. I got blitzed. No, and I, I know, remember we I was like, to, we have to get you food in you. That's yeah. why I will never eat Shake Shack again. Yeah, I know. That was my mistake. I remember going to uh, Shake Shack. Um, and singing several verses of N-Words in Paris to the um, <laughs> cashier and him really loving it um, and getting my – I got a Pinot Grigio at Shake Shack. You did. <laughs> and I think, a, I think a shake and a burger. And then Christina and I had to ride the subway home. And this was a musical moment for me because I remember I was singing on the street. <laughs> I have a video of that still. What was I singing, Christina? My mouth tastes like like chicken. My mouth tastes like chicken. <laughs> All the bitches love me. All the bitches love me or something like that. Um, I watch the video every now and again just because it brings me pure joy. <laughs> Christina, like legit like kept me alive on the subway back to Brooklyn. That's we why I knew I couldn't I couldn't get drunk because I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to keep everyone alive. But here's the thing is that, yeah, no. It was like... Look, it's very exciting. It's an adrenaline rush when you go to the theater at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had I I went when I went to the Bodyguard the musical alone in London. I had one tropical drink that tasted like cotton candy between intermission, and I went back to my seat and cried as if <laughs> like I had been given the family I always deserve. Like I was like, it also, was the most emotional thing. Yeah, seminar was really like it hit home for me a little bit. I was weeping because I was like, it's so true. Like, when you're uh, hard, like, <laughs> I was, it was ugly. It was an ugly cry. Like, I went full blown Oprah ugly cry. I don't think it was an ugly, it wasn't like Kim Kardashian level ugly. I would say, but which is worse than Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, but it was a good one. And so that was that makeup call. <laughs> yeah. 